Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Rebecca F., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, November 18th, 2013. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are in Chapter 11, A Vision for You, on page 162, the last line beginning with, Thus We Grow. Today's readers are as follows. Reading the OA 12 Steps is Sarah W. Reading the OA 12 Traditions is Rose. And reading the literature are Chelsea, Judy B., Sylvia, and Sally. The share ID for Sunday, November 17th meeting is 5482. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overreading can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Sarah W. to read Good morning, Vision for You. My name is Sarah W. I'm a grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater. Here are the steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food and that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, 
who tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. I will now ask Rose to read the OA 12 Traditions. Thank you, Rebecca. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thank you, Rose. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book in Chapter 11, A Vision for You, on page 162, 
the last line beginning with, Thus We Grow. I will ask Chelsea to begin by reading both this paragraph and the following one. Thank you, Rebecca. Good morning. Vision for you. This is Chelsea in South Jersey, recovered today. Thus we grow, and so can you, though you be but one man with this book in your hand. We believe and hope it contains all you will need to begin. We know what you're thinking. You are saying to yourself, I'm jittery and alone. I couldn't do that. But you can. You forget that you have just tapped, you have now tapped a source of power much greater than yourself. To duplicate with such backing what we have accomplished is only a matter of willingness, patience, and labor. And I'm still Chelsea, and I'm recovered today. Thank you, Divine Director, for that. Um, there's a lot here for me to go into my mind and pull out the things that have brought me to where I'm at today, to where I am willing with an open heart to carry this message. I um, was a little apprehensive in the beginning, um, but the core of me, the core of me was neutral by this point when I was ready to go out. And it says, thus we grow, and so can you. It starts out with just a couple of people because it was said in the preceding paragraphs, the twos and threes, the groups that they were meeting back, the fours and fives. And I can see that in my life today because I'm part of a, a study of the text on a um, weekly basis with a group, a small group that's turning into a bigger group. So it's grow, and thus we grow. I, um, I had done the work. I had been with my sponsor, who was very giving, who had gone thoroughly with it to me. We did all the work that was in the book to be done up to this point. So I, while I was a little apprehensive about going out, I also felt that I had been armed because it said that I had reached into, I had tapped. I had tapped earlier in the book, it says, an unsuspected resource. I had tapped into that. So I had a power greater than myself. So I was not going to be alone when I started out. When you begin, it says, you need to begin. I was not going to be alone because I had already made the decision to put the food down, to actually do the work. I made the decision to stop making decisions and that I would turn my will and my life over to a power greater than myself. And I did all the work that was required up till then. So if it says here that I need to duplicate, to duplicate the work that was done with willingness and patience and labor, that means that I had to copy it exactly. And my sponsor pointed that out to me. That means to copy it exactly, to duplicate, not to add any emphasis added by Chelsea or anything, but this would be the message that I would carry. So I didn't have to worry about what was I going to say because it's all been said. It's been pointed out what you will say. And so then my job became, once the obsession was removed, as it says on page 85 there, I was placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. I was safe and protected. I was not going at this alone. And on page 85, it says that every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all of our activities. So the obsession has been removed, and it's incumbent upon me now to go out into these very meetings that I sat into year after year, not doing anything except living in the problem, 
go out so that the newcomers and the old comers and the comer backers can see that there is a real solution to this problem. I need to get to that OA meeting that is dysfunctional. I don't need to shun from it because I'm, now I'm armed. I can go anywhere or any place. This book tells me that as long as I have a good reason to be there. And my reason to be there is to go so that I am, as Gandhi says, the recovery or be the change you want to be is what he says. But I'm going to be the recover, recover, recover. The message that I will carry will have depth and weight because I will have done the work. I will not be coming in with Chelsea's message. I will be coming in with a duplicate, it says, of this message. And the beauty of this program and the miracle for me is that I know that I must carry the message, but I want to carry the message. I want to carry this message. I don't want to eat any foods or anything that's going to trigger my body into the allergy, okay? I don't want to do that. I don't want to be out angry and acting out or anything any longer. I want to be a calm, neutral force. I don't want to come in as a tornado anymore. And that's the beauty of it because my divine director, my divine director has relieved me, has relieved me of the obsession of the mind. It has been removed. And my thoughts today, unlike where can I get my next bucket of fried chicken or extra crispy whatever, my thoughts today are how can I best serve you, Divine Director, or Didi as I call my Divine Director, how can I best serve you? Thy will, not mine, be done. Selfishness, self-centeredness, my self-will run riot, page 62, how do I keep that suppressed each day by filling myself with this message, carrying it to others? Because every single time I work with someone on these steps, I'm more immunity. I'm getting more immunity against ever going back to the food or thinking that that's a good idea again. And my, my soul is just filled with such joy to know that there's a solution and to be willing to carry it as it is. Meeting people where they're at has become the the biggest thing in my life today, not meeting them with any filtered down message or if I'm meeting them where they're at, I'm not going to revise the message. I'm going to duplicate this message, but I'm going to do it with compassion. I'm going to do it with love, the same tolerance and love that was showed to me because now, much like Ebby on page 12 in Bill's story, my roots have grasped new soil fertile and rich with the love of the divine director greater than myself. With that, I pass. Thank you, Chelsea. Would anyone like to share on this paragraph? Eileen and Sylvia. I heard Eileen and Sylvia and perhaps one other voice. Uh, Carrie. Carrie. Okay, Eileen. Thanks. I'm Eileen, a food addict from Bedford, Mass., uh, these two paragraphs were wonderful. Uh, Thus we grow, and so can you. Though you may be but one man with this with this book in your hand. When I was in disease, um, I, I, I can't stand that word can't. I can't do something. I like to turn things around and say I can, and and so you can. You can change, you can grow, you can learn. You don't have to remain stuck. 
which is what I was for 18 years because I wasn't willing to surrender. The sugar and flour, that's what a hold it had on me. We know what you are thinking. You are saying to yourself, I'm jittery and alone. I couldn't do that. I can't do that. There it is again. But you can. You forget that you have just now tapped a sense of power much greater than yourself. I was reading in my Jesus Calling book this morning, don't forget to ask Jesus or God or whomever your higher power is into your life to help you with something. He's always there. But we forget because we want to do it on our own, which is what we're taught from from childhood. But we aren't taught to say, I can't, I shouldn't. You need to turn that around and say, I can. I'm starting a new job today. I have fear. Of course I have fear. But I'm going to remember God. God, please help me whenever that fear gets overwhelming. And 9.8 times out of 10, you know, he pulls me through. All I have to have is the willingness, the patience, and do the labor. Um, That's what I had to have to get abstinence, the willingness. Someone was asking me this morning, Do those cravings pass? I said, they sure do, but I wasn't willing to get through them for 18 years. So I've got to have the patience now. Now I don't have cravings. You know, I'm going to be celebrating my four-year anniversary on my birthday tomorrow. You know, four years after having five and I had a relapse for a month. I've regained 10 pounds in a month, 10 pounds of the 38 that I had lost. But I have patience today, and I'm willing to do the labor. So thanks for listening. I'll pass. Thank you, Eileen. Sylvia? Hi, this is Sylvia, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in upstate New York, and so glad to be with you today. And um, it's the same line that I want to go over, Thus We Grow, And so can you, though you be but one man with this book in your hand. We believe and hope it contains all need to begin. And so, you know, over over the years, I've had excuses. I've had sponsees who have excuses. Well, I need need face-to-face meetings in order to get recovered, or I need, you know, I need to weigh a measure, or I need a food, you know, whatever. And so for me, this is saying, you know, no excuses. I love it. No excuses. This is it. Thus we grow, and we grow into our recovery. So you can, though you be but one man with this book, because this is all we need. We have a new spiritual path, and we have reconnected to a power greater than ourselves. And it always, you know, my new favorite line, I get my new favorite lines all the time, on page 98, what I've come back to is some of us have taken very hard knocks to learn this truth job or no job wife or no wife we simply do not stop drinking so long as we place dependence upon other people ahead of dependence on god burn the idea into the consciousness of every man that he can get well regardless of anyone the only condition 
is that he trusts in God and clean house. And so for me, I, I, leave, the, I leave the United States uh, in, in a few weeks, and I do this yearly. And I get pretty disconnected. I mean, I, uh, I, I can't call in to the meetings live very often, some, you know, really probably for months. I'm kidding myself that I'll be able to do it at all. And uh, I have to contact, stay in touch with my sponsor through um, email. And uh, there's no OA where I'm going. But it doesn't matter. I can be recovered, and so when I when I'm out of the country, I go to AA meetings because there's a you know good presence of AA all around, and that's just to have fellowship of people who understand how I have to live one day at a time, which is spiritually aligned with the power greater than myself, one day at a time. I mean that's it, and that I can be present and I can help others whether or not they have my disease, I can be present and help others. So I don't have to get back into selfish and self-centeredness. So recovery is possible. And it says, all I need is one man with this book in your hand. I can help others anywhere. I can stay out of my disease anywhere with this book, with this plan of action, um, with, with God, as long as I'm willing to do the work. And for me, that certainly uh, includes doing a 10th step often. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sylvia. Carrie? Yes, hi. Uh, my name is Carrie, and I'm a, a grateful, uh, recovered, compulsive overeater from Vermont. And this is my first time sharing, uh, so I'm a little nervous. But um, I just I, I want to express my gratitude for the, your service and to say how much the uh, vision for you has has done for me and it um, helps me find a sponsor and and work through the steps by using the big book and up until uh, you know I've been in and out of the rooms for 20 plus years and um, it's only been in the past few years by listening to vision for you and doing the big book study that I um, have recognized that it's not a diet and that feels really really good and um and with this paragraph i mean it's a packed paragraph you know i i'm seeing where one man one man with this book in your hand which to me that's it's not human power that uh, that i can rely on but it is my higher power and and i i it, it, that has come alive with me by working the steps, um, particularly steps 10 and 11. And, um, and, and then when it says that all you need is the willingness, patience, and labor. And the labor for me is, I mean, I, did, I do have to work it every day. And I've heard that said, and, but until I really experienced the results of that labor, um, it, it, I, I didn't realize how important it was. And so, again, I just um, want to express my, my gratefulness for all of you for being on this line every morning, and um, I um, am grateful to be able to share. Thank you. Thank you, Carrie. Would anyone else like to share on these two paragraphs? This is Paula. May I share? Leah. Paula, and then Leah. Thank you. This would be Paula, Recovered Compulsive Reader. I'm going to go to this line. You forget 
that you have just now tapped a source of power much greater than yourself. You know, I forget. I forget. But this line, you have just now tapped. Doesn't that just so gentle? There's such a gentleness about that that word. Tapped, a source of power. That wasn't like my disease. There was no tapping with that disease. That disease injured, hurt, took away. Oh, now we see the difference in the giving. You forget that you have just now tapped a source of power much greater than yourself, what I always needed. But may I go to 567 and come along parallel with that? With few exceptions, our members find that they have tapped an unsuspected inner resource, a resource, a source of aid or support, which they presently identify with their own conception, their own conception, not mine, of a power greater than themselves. That must be. Most of us think this awareness of a power greater than ourselves is the essence of a spiritual experience. A more religious members call it God consciousness, God awareness. But that word tapped. Go to Vermont. As our, uh, we have a speaker, a uh, person that just spoke from Vermont. Watch them tap the trees. How gently they tap them. There's no hammering. Oh, but what flows out? What flows out? The very essence of the tree. Thank you very much for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Leah. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for your service. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. We know what you are thinking. You are saying to yourself, I'm jittery and alone. I couldn't do that. Uh, But you can, which is recovery mentality. We can. (laughs) You forget that you have just tapped a source of power much greater than yourself. To duplicate with such backing what we have accomplished is only a matter of willingness, patience, and labor. Obviously, we're studying Chapter 11 of Vision for You, which uh, shouts the great news of what's possible and gives you know an overview of the growth by leaps and bounds of. Uh, of AA, which started with that spiritual spark between uh, Bill W. and Dr. Bob. Um, How does it grow? It grows um, because of a recovered message. You forget that you have just tapped a power much greater than yourself to duplicate we're not uh, reinventing the wheel here. You know, the program of recovery does not uh, need to go on trial. this book hasn't been changed since 1939. The first 164 pages have been left untouched. Why is that? That's because no one's been able to improve upon this solution. And if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. But we have a very specific goal and objective that's described in these pages. And that objective goal and aim is a spiritual awakening. And once we have a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, that spiritual awakening changes us individually, and now we have the capacity to live our lives as an expression of God's will. And we don't have to wonder what God's will is for people like us. We don't need to struggle with what that is. We know what that is. It is to carry a message. We are a unique group of people that have been changed by God. 
you know, carrying this message gives us an opportunity to describe in a variety of ways um, the way in which God's Spirit works through us individually, through the steps to transform our lives. And that is the beauty of a meeting, and that is the program of attraction. You know, when you go to meetings face-to-face or when you get on this line in the morning uh, and you hear a variety of voices, you get to hear the product of the 12 steps. You get to look at the results in a face-to-face meeting, and perhaps one day, if God uh, wishes it, we'll get to be together in a conference of some sort, and you will get to see the living results of the program of recovery. You get to see the results of this plan for living. You get live examples for all the newcomers to look at. And from that message, not a personal philosophy, not personal opinion, um, we carry a message of depth and weight, and from that message and with, a, with willingness, patience, and labor, we grow, just like this line has grown, just like I've had an opportunity to see fellowships uh, develop around uh, this message in a variety of cities. God has shown me how to create the fellowship I crave, and it's not through any personal success or power on my part. The task ahead of me is never as great as that power behind me, and that power must be God. And that power has to continue to be God in each and every one of us individually on this line. And if individually on this line we each are powered by God, then look what the blessings uh, can be, uh, you know, how they can materialize. You know, this significant change in our lives, we've been awakened to the presence of God's love for us, and our lives become filled with new purpose and meaning. And for people like you and me, real compulsive overeaters, that purpose and meaning is to carry this message that there is a way out. And that message has remained the same since 1939. And do I have the integrity to continue to carry that same message? And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. This is Rebecca, and I'd like to share on these two paragraphs. This is Sharon. May I share? Hi, Sharon. I was going to share, and then you could go after. Oh, go ahead. Okay, great. Um, Let me jot your name down so I don't forget. Okay. Um, So, thus we grow. I feel like God has used me as a testament to these two paragraphs. You know, when I uh, became recovered, or my sponsor told me I was recovered, and yeah, I was still a little jittery, you know, is it true, you know, and um, I was going to some face-to-face meetings and really kind of feeling um, out of sorts there, but I'd go because I was um, wanting to carry the message and see what I could bring to the meetings, and um they weren't talking about the big book, and I would, but I felt like one little voice in a large group of people, and um, and I got to thinking, gee, maybe I could start a big book meeting in my town. But I was jittery, and I I was jittery and alone, and had some fear that I couldn't do that or didn't have the time or 
wouldn't know how to do it or whatever. And um, you know what? I had just tapped a source, a source of power much greater than myself, and God did for me what I could never do for myself. Someone in this face-to-face meeting raised her hand one day and said, I'd like to start a new meeting, and would anyone like to do it with me? And I was the only person who told her I would be happy to help her do it. I mean, God created this person who, you know, together we could do what we could never do alone, you know. And um, all I offered to do was find a place, which was not difficult at all. I went through um, a list of churches and synagogues in my town, and I emailed everybody. And lo and behold, one of them had an opening. And she was overwhelmed with the idea of where would we have a new meeting. So we brought our strengths together. She knew how to contact OA and get the kit to get things started. And and I found, you know, God helped us find the place through my efforts. And then it occurred to me that I wanted it to be a big book meeting. And what if she didn't feel the same way? So I had a heart-to-heart talk with this woman who I did not know And she was open to the idea. Even though she wasn't really familiar with the big book, she was open to the idea and said, sure, if you want to figure out what the format is, that's fine with me. And she and I have become very good friends, which is creating the fellowship that I craved, and I've gotten to know lots of people through her. And you know what? She got a job, and she can't attend that meeting at that time. And I'm... I I don't have her there at the meeting anymore, but we got it off the ground, and it's a big book meeting, and it's pretty much a duplicate of what we do here on the line, and sometimes it's four people, and sometimes it's 12 people, and it's awesome, and you know what? I had willingness, I had, had patience, and you know what? The labor was really not that much. You know, people thank me for how much effort I've made. It's really very little effort. It's a pleasure to go to that meeting. And um, the energy in the room is fantastic. It's like the energy on this line, but we're getting to know each other and have a fellowship of people we know personally, and it's wonderful. And with that, I'll pass. And Sharon, you're next. Sharon? Thank you, Rebecca. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Okay, thank you. Thank you for your service, Rebecca. Thank you to everyone out on the line today. Thank you for all of you who are so faithful and committed to to the service that you provide to all of us uh, each and every day. And um, I just, you know, kind of I write notes uh, on these paragraphs because I know that God will use them to help me as I begin to uh, go through this process with others. And the first six words here, thus we grow and so can you. And I am just so grateful that that is uh, becoming a reality in my life today. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And with this book, which, um, you know, uh, is just the, the amazing book that we use, 
and it, it will contain and does contain all that we will need to begin. They didn't know back then, so they were, you know, believing that that's and hoping that that's what it would do, and it has, and it's proven itself. And then um, the only message already stated in the book that we have now, the reason we can do this, we've now tapped into this source of power, God's power that has depth and weight to duplicate, I like that word, duplicate the instructions in this book, which are the 12 steps. And there's just re three requirements only of us, the willingness, the patience, and the labor required to do what we need to do. So I am just so grateful to you know, be here today. I'm so grateful that all of you are on the line. And I'm so grateful that um, you know, I struggled for years in this program because um, I certainly wasn't involved in a book study like this uh, for many, many years from early on in my AA years. And that had certainly not stuck with me when it came to this addiction. So um, thank you. And with that, I pass. This is Larry. Thank you, Sharon. Hi, Larry. Hi. Thank you, Rebecca, for your service. <clears throat> what a great, um, <clears throat> what a great topic, and, and and what a great paragraph. Um, you know, I like I like vision for you the meeting because we, you know, some meetings it's like, hey, let's, you know, let's just kind of move quickly. No, I, I don't. We don't need to move quickly here. We. This is all about learning and sharing together. And thank God there's a vision for me and for, for everyone else. There is a vision for you. And it's a chapter that we're reading. Um, you know, when, when I came into the program, <clears throat> I came in for vanity. And I know we have, you know, sayings, vanity, you know, and we stay for the sanity on that stuff. But it's just my experience. I don't know if anyone can relate. Um, but uh, I suspect there may be one or two that I came in for the vanity. I never knew what God was about to do in a transformational way to, to Larry. Um, you know, <clears throat> we talk about, <clears throat> there is this, you know, discussion about the three stools of recovery, physical, emotional, spiritual. You know, I'm just reminded that, you know, the vision that I have today is that, uh, you know, when the spiritual and thus the emotional take, you know, are, are uh, resolved by working these steps, the physical takes care of itself. I don't need to compulsively exercise exercise today in anticipation of, you know, the uncontrollability of this disease. Um, I, you know, today I am, you know, when I journal or pick up a tool, you know, such as that, you know, how I'm reminded, it comes to my mind, that's how God speaks to me. How may I serve? How may I serve others that are, you know, in the throes of this disease? And, and questions are powerful. God gives me the questions, and God provides the answer. It's all its all about God. It's all about uh, your conception of a higher power. That's what makes this different. That's what makes this not a diet and support group. I go, you know, sometimes to meetings. I show up, and there's very little recovery in the room. You know, um, I don't judge. I'm there to to carry the message, to be the message, uh, to learn and to share and to grow. To, to, to let people know there is a vision in these, these pages, um, you know. But but you know, of course, one can see that our physical packaging doesn't lie. You know, yet it is not all about our physical packaging. 
but our physical packaging doesn't lie. One year, 10, 20, 30 years in program, don't I? Isn't there some payback? No, it, it, it's all about God for me today and, and recognizing that my higher power is the one that is providing this, this, this change, this man. This, you, wouldn't have, you wouldn't have wanted to meet this man. I'll guarantee you that. Not years ago. The mask might have, might have, you know, thrown on a little charm. <laughs> you know, you might have thought, hmm, you know. But, but, but really, this was someone who was, could only, the only thing that could come out of this man that speaks this morning was what was inside, which was fear and which was disappointment, which was frustration, which was anger. That's what ultimately resides. And that's not who's in this man today. I can tell you that God, by the grace of God, what's in this man today, that I can be present for others. I can be the father that I never thought I was capable of being. I can be, um, you know, uh, uh, the type of man that, you know, that, that I can respect when I look in the mirror. Is my physical packaging changed? Yeah, absolutely. God is, you know, through this vision, you know, through this hope and through working these steps, God has changed this man. And the physical packaging looks okay. But you know what's beautiful about it is it doesn't matter to me anymore. I don't obsess about my physical packaging. Sometimes someone that hasn't seen me in a while or years, as I went to a 30-year reunion a while back, um, you know, they'll notice this, the physical packaging. And they're, oh, boy, yeah, gosh, thank you so much. But I know, and you know on the line, that it was all about God. Thanks so much, and I'll pass Thank you, Larry. Um, so why don't we go ahead with the next paragraph, and that would be Judy B. Rebecca, this is Judy B. Did you call on the next paragraph? I did, Judy B. Thank you. Okay. <clears throat> I was unmuting. Uh, the next paragraph. We know of an AA member who was living in a large community. He had lived there but a few weeks when he found that the place probably contained more alcoholics per square mile than any city in the country. This was only a few days ago at this writing, in 1939. The authorities were much concerned. He got in touch with a prominent psychiatrist who had undertaken certain responsibilities for the mental health of the community. The doctor proved to be able and exceedingly anxious to adopt any workable method of handling the situation. So he inquired, what did our friend have on the ball? Okay, and this paragraph is uh, talking about um, another, another way that the uh, AA program grew. Um, this member, um, Hank G., had um, recovered and he had moved to a community where he found that there were many, many alcoholics. And he was able to um, connect with the uh, doctors and psychiatrists and, and tell them about the program. And, and this is how our, our, our program can, can expand, you know, with each of us talking to our own physicians and, and, and letting it be known that this works. And... Um, I just see that as as being something which will will help us to uh, grow in our um, as compulsive overeaters um, 
in our own organization that that if we um if we share our stories with those people that are in our lives and uh and certainly we have doctors in our lives that this could this could uh God can use this and and we share our stories with um other recovered people and people who who want to find a solution to their problem and even though our relationships with each other are not perfect you know they um God can use them God can use our our weaknesses and our strengths and um I I just when I when I think about what happened here and how it wasn't it wasn't perfect um it didn't work out perfectly but the the program the program expanded and this is how AA expanded through the years you know we we we're just open to what God can do and um I, I'm just so hopeful that that uh that this program will continue and that and this is how it will happen this is how how it happened in the beginning and it will continue to happen if we if we share our recovery and if we we're honest about where we're at and with that I'll pass thank you thank you Judy B would anyone like to share on this paragraph this is Kim hi Kim good morning Rebecca um, good morning, everyone. My name is Kim, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. The doctor proved to be able and exceedingly anxious to adopt any workable method of handling the situation. You know, this is a workable method, and that's why the doctor is so anxious. Why is he anxious? Because what he's doing isn't working. You know, back in the doctor's opinion, it tells us we physicians must admit we have we made little impression on the problem upon the problem as a whole. You know, Roland Hazard went to see Carl Jung, you know, one of the top three psychiatrists for a year. And he drank again. And Carl Jung said, I don't know what to do for you. You're hopeless. I've tried everything that I can possibly try. I was taught by the number one psychiatrist, Sigmund Freud, and I can't help you. So these doctors were anxious. They wanted to help us. And here they're seeing this workable method, this method where people are submitting to this program they don't understand, but they're staying sober and they're becoming transformed. And that was my experience. I mean, even today, I mean, doctors are so desperate. We have an obesity academic. My best friend is a doctor. And she just tells me her frustrations. And why is that? Because the outside world only sees what the food does to me. It sees my obesity, my diabetes, my, uh, my high blood pressure. Maybe if I'm anorexic, it's, it's seeing my, my kidney shut down, my hair falling out. If I'm bulimic, they're seeing my teeth rotted out. They're seeing my esophageal geo wall becoming thinner and thinner. And they're saying, why would you do that? That's what the food does to you. But all I can see is what the food does for me. It's that ease and comfort. And if I can't get that ease and comfort in the food, I have to find something else. So we're reading here that we're tapping into a power greater than ourselves. God is becoming our ease and comfort. So it's a workable message. So my question to everyone on the line and my question when I go into O meetings and people get a little bristly because they don't want this big book in here, this big book stumper. I want to just sit in here and I want to talk about my problems. It's a simple question. 
How's that working for you? How is it working for you? And if it's not working, let's get into this big book. I dare you. Try it and see if it works. If it doesn't work, what have you got to lose? Because I know for myself, I was in the OA rooms for 17 years, and I worked this fellowship hard. I did what people told me to do, I did. But no one cracked open this big book. And I had to see that I had deep experiences, but nothing was effective. And when I opened up this big book, and when I did this proven workable method, after 17 years of floundering in OA, having periods of abstinence of picking up, and periods of abstinence of picking up, and periods of abstinence of picking up, I walked through this book in 60 days. And I had a spiritual experience, and the obsession was removed, and I've been recovered now for almost three years. That is the provable, workable method. That is the miracle. You know, for many years I've heard in the program, you know, in the, in the fellowship, all I have is my story. All I have is my story. I can share my story. That's all I can do. That's not true. It's not true for me today. My story is not going to get anyone sober. What's going to help is me getting them in this book. I don't just have my story. I have a big book. I have a proven workable method that if you are willing to walk through these pages with me, you can create your own experience. Because my experience means nothing to you. You have to create that own experience. And here is a proven workable method. This book has been updated four times in 78 years. They've never changed the first 164 pages. This alcoholic program has been applied to compulsive overeaters, to drug addicts, to sex addicts, to gamblers. There's over 212-step programs. And what my experience is, is when the fellowship aligns itself with the big book, there's recovery. And when the fellowship separates from the big book, there's a bunch of misery. There's people getting joined by the disease that they share, and they're not being joined by the solution. So for those of you out on the line today, ask yourself that simple question, how's it working for you? Because are you exceedingly anxious? Read that line one more time. The doctor and many compulsive overeaters proved to be able and exceedingly anxious to adopt any workable method of handling the situation. If you are exceedingly anxious about your disease as you see it progress in the room, try this workable method and see what happens. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Hiya. Hi, Haya. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, everybody. This is Haya, recovered, very grateful, recovered, compulsive eater and bulimic in Dallas, Texas, soon to be from Denver. Welcome to all the new people, and uh, thank you for everybody who has shared already. Um, a workable method, anxious, anxious to find something that will work. Um, and, uh, you know, as been said, and I, I can speak from my own experience, um, you know, that my life was definitely recreated. We're going to, when we finish A Vision for You, this chapter, we're going to start from the beginning of the book again, and uh, we will read the doctor's opinion where it talks about that we can recreate our lives. We're going to recreate our lives. It's going to be changed. Taking, you know, and that is what happened to me in the rooms. I was in OA for many, many years in a thin body, working aspects of the program, 
Um, but it wasn't until I followed the directions specifically, which began with really fully understanding what the problem was, understanding that the solution had to be a non-human power, which means my sponsor was not my power, I was not my power, and uh, tools weren't going to be my power either. They're certainly helpful, but they're not what actually does the spiritual surgery, as I like to call it. And um, you know, my life was has been transformed, and what it's been transformed to is a way of living. It's really a way of living. Um, it's a way of living. Something's dinging on my phone. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> there's a way of living. Um, which requires me to stay very connected to God. You know, I was looking in my book. Um, I have a few big books, and uh, and I, I had opened one, and I on it, the note said there was a little piece of it that said, "Food separated me from God, but God separates me from food." And um, you know, and. In, in order to stay recovered, you know, it was through the, the coming to the conclusion of step one, coming to the conclusion of step two, and then making a decision, standing at a turning point. The decision was to go on to the bitter end, trying to do it the way I was doing it, or follow this, these directions. And um, by following those directions, doing steps four through nine, it, it changed me. And but in order to maintain that order of things, I've had to stay very, very close to step 10, which is continuing to take personal inventory. And that is a daily, many times a day uh, activity for me. And sometimes I forget that that's what I need to do in the moment. And I wonder why I'm feeling irritable and staying feeling irritable, uh, which is not only uh, a not comfortable place to be, but it's a dangerous one for a compulsive eater. And then having to, not just having to, but a desire as well to, to continue to, to improve this conscious contact with God, which I didn't have any connection with when I first came to OA. In fact, it spooked me out of the ruins that you guys talked about God. So there is hope in case there's anyone like that on the line. And then the beauty of being a recovered compulsive eater, bulimic, is being able to witness other people get recovered through, as Chelsea said at the beginning of the meeting, through duplicating uh, the words out of the book, reading it together, following the instructions, and then watching them recover. It is absolutely something you don't want to miss. But I couldn't do it until I became recovered myself. And um, this really truly is, as I said the other day, a vision for you. It's a vision for all of us, and it is a vision that you can have um, if you stick with um, the directions that are in the book. And I'm so grateful grateful to have a way of living that works under all conditions. Thank you. Thank you, Kaya. Thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Sylvia please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant Hi, this is Sylvia, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. The book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. 
See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.